Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. All right, so welcome back to another series recap and review episode. Yesterday, the Mets finished a series loss to the San Diego Padres, and while this series started off on a very good note with a super exciting win, a historical win, or or a win that featured a, a historical feat from Eduardo Escobar hitting for the cycle, the series went very south very fast with some big losses both on the field and with some injuries as well. So in the first half, I'm going to be breaking down each game, looking at the pitching and hitting performances as usual. And then in the second half, I want to dive into Chris Bassett's struggles recently, as well as the injuries the Mets suffered in the series and where they go from here. So all of that being said, let's get into it. So starting with game one, the Mets won this game 11-5, got the series started off on the right foot, and it was looking really good. So on the mound for the Mets was Carlos Carrasco, and going into this series, Buck Showalter said he needed Carrasco to go long in this game because they were really strapped on bullpen, and he did just that. Carrasco pitched seven innings, he gave up five hits, two runs, no walks, and 10 strikeouts. The most strikeouts Carrasco's had this season, and he was outstanding. You know, he he was just dominating this Padres lineup, which has some very good hitters in it. He looked great out there, and, you know, the most important part of that was that he went seven full innings, you know, got the Mets all the way to the eighth just on his back, and he did a really, really great job. After Carrasco, Joely Rodriguez came in. He gave up two hits, two runs, one walk and one strikeout. You know, his his hit and his walk were the the players who turned into the two runs, although he wasn't the one who actually gave up those runs themselves. He was taken out of the game after giving up the walk, and then after that, Drew Smith was brought in. He got Manny Machado, the Padres' best hitter, to fly out. Things were looking good, two outs in this inning, but Luke Voigt, on the first pitch that he saw from Drew Smith, drove a ball to left center field, homered and drove in three runs at the time it made the score seven to five and made this game that seemed to be sort of a blowout at the time a a a much closer contest luckily the Mets put up four runs in the ninth inning and sort of ran away with the game and Drew Smith finished off the ninth inning with two strikeouts so Drew Smith did a good job bouncing back in the ninth and you know, his final line, he went one and two-thirds innings, gave up one hit, one run, no walks, and two strikeouts. Ultimately, the pitching did a good job in this game. You know, despite the five runs given up, they did a good job, you know, three guys taking over the, the pitching and, you know, protecting the bullpen. Now, turning to the offense, the offense did a really great job in this game, doing what they do best, which is working starting pitching. It all started in the first inning when the Mets were able, with two outs, to work three walks in a row to score a run, and then Eduardo Escobar got his first hit of the day with a single driving home two. The Mets picked up the scoring in the fourth inning when Escobar, who had doubled to lead off the inning and then moved the third on a flyout, scored off of a Brandon Nimmo single. 
Then in the fifth inning, Davis hit a sack fly. Alonzo scored. Canna was thrown out at third, but it was actually kind of a nice play by Canna because of Alonzo's speed. Sort of distracted the throw and made sure that Alonzo scored even with the two outs there. In the eighth inning, Eduardo Escobar hit a homer to right field, scoring two runs, putting the Mets up 7-2 at this point. So they were up, you know, by a wide margin. And then, as I said, the game was brought a little bit closer. But again, in the ninth inning, with two outs, the Mets drove home a bunch of runs, four to be exact. And that all came on an Escobar triple, which drove home two runs. And then a McNeil double scored Escobar and a Nito single scored McNeil. Just a really great job by the offense there to be scoring all throughout the game. But as you may have noticed, going through how the Mets scored their 11 runs in this game, Eduardo Escobar hit a single, then a double, then a home run, then a triple, all going for the Mets' 11th cycle in their team history. It was super exciting. I wasn't, you know, really expecting that, although I did kind of have an inkling when, you know, he rounded the corner with his his double. I was He, he kind of thought about going for third, and I was thinking, wow, well, it would have been nice for him to get a triple there because, you know, maybe he could have gone for the cycle then. And But he still did it anyway, making the, the triple the last hit, which I always think is the most exciting when it comes to a cycle. But first time a Met in 10 years has hit for the cycle, so that was also super exciting and special for Escobar. And, you know, he is just one of the the most fun guys in this league to root for, and he's just such a nice guy. So it was really awesome to see him do that. And on top of that, it was super clutch because at that point, the Mets were only up by two runs. So for him to drive home those two runs on the triple was, you know, doubly beneficial for the team. In the end, he finished the game going four for five with six runs batted in, tying the Mets record for most runs batted in in a single game by a third baseman. Other notable performances on this team, Marte had two hits, Canna had two hits, Jeff McNeil and Tomas Nito each had two hits, J.D. Davis drove home two runs, which was nice, and Nimmo, McNeil, and Nito all drove in one run. Awesome job by the offense in this game, and awesome job by the team as a whole, pitching and on offense. Now, turning to Game 2, this game did not go anywhere close to how the Mets wanted it to go. Starting with the pitching, as usual, Tywon Walker was on the mound for this game. He went six innings, gave up five hits, four runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. He honestly did a really nice job bouncing back from a rough start to this start. He gave up a leadoff home run to Jerks and Profar, who honestly owned the Mets in this series. And then in the second inning, a couple of singles drove home three more runs, putting the Mets down 4 nothing. But after that, he did a really nice job settling in. He retired seven straight from the end of the second inning to the end of the fourth inning, and then didn't allow any more runs for the rest of the six innings that he pitched. So just a nice job by Walker to bounce back there. However, after Walker, Colin Holderman came in. He came in for one-third of an inning. He gave up one hit, three runs, three walks, and no strikeouts. He just didn't really look comfortable on the mound in this outing, which was, you know, a very surprising sight since he's been so solid for the Mets so far since coming up. Gave up three walks in a row and then a single and a sack fly, which allowed three runs to come home there. So not the best performance that we've seen from from Holderman and then after Holderman Shreve came in finished off that seventh inning and then pitched again in the eighth he gave up no hits or runs one walk and no strikeout so a good job by Shreve to you know kind of stem the bleeding there limit the damage but overall 
Uh, just not the best day from this pitching staff, which allowed seven runs. And on the hitting side, wasn't much better. On the mound for the Padres was Yu Darvish, who, you know, is one of the best pitchers in, you know, recent baseball history. The past 10 years, he's one of the best pitchers in that time frame, and he really was on against the Mets. The Mets only mustered two hits in this game with no runs scored. Those two hits came from Mark Hanna and Eduardo Escobar. Just a really unfortunate, you know, game offensively. And to make matters worse, the Mets also lost Pete Alonso and Starling Marte in the second inning of this game due to injury. Pete was hit in the hand, and Starling Marte, who was thrown out at second trying to steal in the first inning, left after the top of the second inning with some quad tightness. I'm going to get more into those injuries in the second half, but... Ultimately, not a great game number two at all. And then game number three was just as bad, if not even worse for the Mets. On the mound for New York was Chris Bassett, and he only pitched three and a third innings. He gave up seven hits, seven runs, six of them were earned, two walks, and six strikeouts. Again, with Bassett, we're seeing he's doing a great job with the strikeouts, but this was a game where he just was not on at all. He couldn't make it through the fourth inning, and he just really got blown up in this start. He was missing a lot. He just wasn't getting the pitches over that he needed to get over, and, you know, the Padres took advantage when he threw ones that went over the plate. Just really got blown up, especially in the fourth inning off of a a two-run single and then a two-run double, which at the time made it 6 nothing. Um just really not a great start. And then Steven Nagosa came in and gave up a double right away, which scored another run, which was charged to Bassett. Nagosa's final line, he went one and two-thirds innings. He gave up four hits, four runs, one walk, and no strikeouts. He also didn't really have a great outing, which, again, like Holderman, he's been a guy who's come up and has looked really good for the Mets and just really didn't in this outing. Uh, again, I mentioned that Machado doubled off of him and scored the run, which was charged to Bassett, but then in the fifth inning, a double scored a run, and then a three-run homer th- added on three more. All of them were off of Nagosik, and in that, that fifth inning, you know, Nagosik had gotten two outs, and all of those runs came off of two outs, so that was just definitely frustrating to see. After him, Adovino came in. He pitched a really nice inning. No hits, runs, or walks with a strikeout. Joely Rodriguez then came in in the seventh inning. He pitched an inning. He gave up two hits, two runs. One of them was earned. One walk and no strikeouts. I mean, at this point, the game was already so lost, so I wasn't even you know fully paying attention, but... You know, a ground out, which scored a run, and then an error scored another run, which was an error on Rodriguez, frustrating, and put the Mets down 13-2. to I mean, the game was already out of reach, so, you know, a little disappointing with Rodriguez there, especially since he didn't have a great game one, but... You know, this was just a pretty ugly game from the pitching staff already. And then Seth Lugo finished off the game in the eighth, pitched an inning with two hits, no runs, no walks, and no strikeouts. Overall, just not a great start by the the pitching staff. I'm going to get more in the Chris Bassett in the second half. But yeah, really not a great job there. And offensively, again, not we didn't see very much from the offense for the Mets. They only had five hits in this game and only scored two runs. Those hits came from McNeil, who had two hits, which was nice to see, and a run batted in. And then Escobar, Davis, and Mazika, who subbed in for Lindor, each had one hit. 
The Mets just really couldn't get anything going off of Sean Mania, who did a really nice job against them. The only runs that the Mets were able to score came in the top of the seventh when McNeil reached on an infield single, which scored Davis, and then Guillaume grounded into a double play, which scored Escobar. Other than that, this team just really couldn't get anything going. And, you know, by the end of the game, or not even by that far into the game, but the Mets were getting blown out very early on. And so, you know, there just wasn't much hope for a comeback. Even though we've seen this team do that, it just it just felt like there wasn't, you know, much hope there. But, you know, it just was a really rough series overall. You know, you don't want to dwell on it too much because we know this team does a good job at bouncing back. But, you know, with the injuries that I'm going to discuss, you could tell that there was just definitely a uh, like a gut punch. It felt like a gut punch and the wind had been taken out of their sails, especially, you know, in the second game, losing Alonzo and then Marte, you know, back to back within, you know, 30 minutes of each other. Both of them leaving the game just it hurt. It was a tough series. The Padres are a good team, but. You know, I, after the first game of the series, it felt like a winnable series. But yeah, definitely a, a a rough end in games two and three. So now that I've gone over all of the games in this series, looking at the pitching and hitting matchups, I want to take a quick break. And when I get back, I want to dive into Chris Bassett's struggles and where the Mets go after the injuries that they suffered in this series. All right, and welcome back. So now that I've gone over all of the games in this series, I want to break down Bassett's struggles recently, as well as the injuries the Mets suffered and where they go from here. So starting with Bassett, Bassett has really, really done a great job this season bouncing back from rough starts, but this was sort of the first time where we saw him not bounce back from a bad start at all. You know, a couple starts ago, he had that really tough start in San Francisco where he gave up, I think it was three home runs, eight runs, you know, it, 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 by far his worst start of the season in that start, but he bounced back against Philadelphia at home, giving up only one run, striking out a bunch of guys, looking really strong against a tough Philly lineup, and, you know, that had been in line with what he had been doing all season, where if he did have a, a an out-of-the-ordinary or down start, he was bouncing back. Now, his last start that he had was against Los Angeles, and I spoke last episode that it was really just a couple of pitches that he got beat on and gave up four runs on two homers and, you know, looked a lot worse than, you know, how he actually pitched, but he came out yesterday looking for that bounce back against San Diego and had an even worse start. He Before this game, he'd really been struggling, you know, giving up the long ball that had been the the thing that had plagued him in those starts in San Francisco and Los Angeles and in this start in San Diego the goal was okay avoid the long ball and that should be a a recipe for success but he really just struggled to keep guys off the base paths as a whole in this game he struggled with his command he walked guys you know, two walks and seven hits. Guys were just getting hits off of him, and his command was really the biggest issue I saw. In this game, his breaking balls, you know, were way out of the zone. It wasn't hard for the the Padre hitters to recognize when a breaking ball was coming and, you know, spit on it if it was really bad. And then it was easy for them to, to lock in on the fastball and take advantage of that. Five of the seven hits that he gave up yesterday came on fastballs and the other two came on sliders that were over the plate. You know, I believe Bassett can bounce back. I trust in him and we've seen him do it 
multiple times this season where he's bounced back from really bad starts. But he's going to have to work on, you know, shoring up that command of those balls over the plate. He's got so many different pitches. He's got six or seven really strong pitches, and we saw early on that he had really great command of them. But recently, and especially in this game, it didn't look like he did. It looked like, the, you know, a lot of the pitches were getting away from him, you know, either really far inside or outside. And again, like I said, it was easy for Padre, you know, hitters to read those and lock in on the fastballs that were coming over the plate. And so, you know, for Bassett, you just got to make sure he's, you know, chipping on the edges with those those breaking balls and then use his high-powered fastball, which... You know, he can throw that fastball pretty hard, use that to his advantage. I'm not, you know, freaking out about Bassett, but, you know, at a time right now where injuries are piling up all over the place, the Mets have had injuries and are still dealing with injuries on the rotation. And now, especially with these injuries that are are affecting the lineup, you really need Bassett to, to be on and to provide that extra solid arm in the rotation. I think he can bounce back, but definitely a little concerning. And, you know, he said he's embarrassed and he's unhappy. He hasn't really experienced this level of, you know, struggle all at once before. But, you know, I think he is a hard worker and a guy who's always going out there, you know, fired up for a win. And I think he'll be able to bounce back. Now, turning to the injuries, this series saw the Mets take some major hits to their lineup, major, major hits. In game two, both Alonzo and Marte left with injuries. In the second inning, Alonzo was hit on the hand and left in very, very significant pain. And then Marte left after the top half of that inning because he got caught stealing in the the top of the first and, you know, just wasn't feeling right. And he left with quad tightness. Luckily, after x-rays and further imaging, Alonzo was found to have no breaks or fractures and just swelling, and after further imaging on Marte's leg, he said he feels much better. Both of them don't initially believe that they'll have to spend any time on the IL, which is a huge, huge break for the Mets. That's, you know, not what I was expecting. I don't think anyone was expecting that at all, especially after, you know, both of them left and the nature of the, the injuries they left for. It didn't seem, you know, likely that one or either of them would avoid the IL, but luckily both seem to, you know, say that they they think they'll avoid time on the IL, but, you know, while that is a break, I don't think it means that they're out of the woods just yet, because they both have said they're taking it day by day, which means an IL stint could appear in the future. You know, Alonso said, you know, let obviously giving time to let his hand, you know, stop swelling. And for Marte, just taking it day to day with his quad, you don't know that in a couple days they might say, eh, it's not improving the way we want it to. We might just have to put you on the IL just to make sure you heal up. And, you know, honestly, that might not be the worst because, you know, with both of these injuries, especially with Marte, I know Keith Hernandez mentioned this on the broadcast yesterday, but with a muscular issue, you know, you don't want to rush either of these guys back. Pete explained that last year uh, he had a similar injury when he was out after getting hit on the hand, and he said that he rushed back to get back on the field and felt like he wasn't the same for a couple of weeks. And, you know, with Marte and his muscles and his leg muscles specifically, he's a guy who runs a lot. That's his, you know, I mean, he, he does a lot of amazing things on the field, but one of his, you know, special abilities, so to speak, is his speed that he utilizes both with stealing bases and in the outfield and just running the bases in general, you don't want to make things worse by rushing him back there. So 
as good of news as this was and as happy as I am that there's nothing, you know, at least right now that seems to be super serious. You know, I want the Mets to make sure they're taking their time with these guys because this could become something more serious. And, you know, the Mets can't really afford to be losing two of their biggest bats in the lineup. So what does this mean for the team? It, it really just means what we've been seeing from the, the team for every other injury and that the, the rest of the guys need to step up. These are two of the Mets' best hitters, but, you know, the rest of the lineup is solid and they need to, you know, make up for and account for the Mets losing Alonzo and Marte, at least for a little bit of time right now. I think the Mets have enough depth. They have Canna and McNeil and Plummer, and they recently called up Khalil Lee in the outfield, and they have Davis, who was playing first in this series, Guillaume, and potentially Dom Smith, you know, to fill holes in the infield. You know, don't know if Dom Smith will be called up, but, you know, he obviously seems to be, you know, a pretty clear, you know, fix for this situation. Even though he's only been down for a little bit, I don't know how quickly the Mets are looking to bring him back up. The fact is, is that they all need to perform. You know, having the depth is great, but if they're not, you know, performing, it's not going to mean much. Obviously, these last two games of this series, the the depth didn't perform. The team didn't perform. But as a whole, that was the case. And as I mentioned, it seemed that, you know, they really just had gotten like a gut punch by losing these guys. It felt it felt that way. But, you know, I believe this team can step up. They've done a great job doing that so far this season, but it's really going to take a team effort to make up for to make up for these losses and especially with their their schedule which, you know, they've gotten through some tough opponents, but it doesn't get necessarily easier. It's really going to be, you know, a team effort and I believe with Buck Showalter, he's going to make sure that these guys are out there fighting every day. So looking at the upcoming series, the Mets are traveling and continuing their West Coast trip last leg in Anaheim against the Angels. Right now, the Angels don't have anyone listed for these three games, although I believe Noah Syndergaard will be pitching in the last game of this series. Right now for the Mets, they have Tyler McGill scheduled to go on Friday. Really excited to have him back. That is huge for this team that has been, again, struggling with injuries, especially you know in the rotation, so it'll be nice to have him back. Then on Saturday, it'll be Carlos Carrasco, and then on Sunday night, it will be Taiwan Walker on the mound for the Mets. Going into this series, the Angels are in the midst of a 15-game losing streak as of it's Thursday right now. So as of Thursday, they're in the midst of a 15-game losing streak, and it may be 16 by the time the Mets play them tomorrow as they have another game against the Red Sox tonight. On the surface, that may look like a welcome sign for this this Mets team that is beat up and, you know, you know, coming off of a rough series, but I'm extremely nervous about this series. I think that this is not really what the Mets need right now at all because the Angels are a good team. They have some of the best, if not the best players in the league in their lineup with Trout, although he left a couple games ago with an injury. I don't know if the Mets will be seeing him or not. Otani, Rendon, who also has been on and off the field. I'm not sure if he's playing either, but they have these guys. They have Trout, Otani, Rendon, just to name a couple. So this is a very good team that started the year off very well. And as we know, losing streaks don't last forever. And this team is going to be pressing harder and harder every time they lose to get a win the next time out. And, you know, I just, 
don't want the Mets to be that team that they let it all loose on. You know, they finally break out of their losing streak against the Mets and go crazy. I just, I don't know. It makes me very nervous. I'm kind of very much hoping that they win tonight against the Red Sox just so they they finish that losing streak and it's not, you know, all on the Mets that they're the team that they're really pressing up against. It'll be fun to face up against Noah Syndergaard. That'll be an exciting matchup, but this is going to be a tough series. I'm not going into this no matter how long the losing streak is. I'm expecting this to be a tough series no matter what, but a good series nonetheless against a team that the Mets don't see very often. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. Tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport. So I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.